Welcome back to the Mission of Speed podcast. Today, I'm going to interview Kim Berry, a friend of mine in the St. Louis area. I've known Kim for a couple years now. We've been connected, obviously, through running, uh, but she's doing a lot of great work with different organizations such as Black Girls Run, Girls on the Run, uh, and as well, she's a teacher uh, in the Ferguson School District. She teaches and, and molds young minds and brings a lot of positivity and energy to every single person that she comes across. And so I'm excited to talk to her in this week's episode about a lot of different topics regarding running, obviously, but diving a little bit deeper into the events uh, and her perspective on what St. Louis looks like and what she wants out of more for running moving forward. So excited to dive into this one. As always, if you enjoy the episode, please subscribe to the Mission of Speed podcast and let's get going with Kim Berry. All right, welcome back to the Mission of Speed podcast. I am live at Forest Park for the third time on the Mission of Speed podcast with a dear friend, Kim Berry. Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's um, a pleasure to see you not um, running at five o'clock in the morning (laughs) and to sit down and have a conversation. So I'm really excited. It's funny because the, we were just talking about this uh, off air was that our react, like our interactions typically are me seeing Kim running down the forest park, you know, Lindell bike path or we're near the Grand Basin and it's just us yelling at each other yes. in positive, encouraging of ways, course. but it's more like you yelling coach and yes. me yelling, Kim, Kim, <laughs> yes. Barry, pick up the pace. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it's so inspiring when you see, you know, a friend that early in the morning because, you know, you get out here and there's not that many people here. Yes. So it's exciting to see a friendly face and you, you, I feel this way. Like you need that, um, like you need that validation when you're out here from other people that this is normal and this is exciting. Absolutely. So when you see somebody as positive, yes. you know, energetic as you, uh, you know, it keeps you moving. Thank you. And it's and it's also encouraging to see other people that wake up at zero dot dark 30 in the morning to come out and get some exercise on before the day starts. So it's good to see, you know, you and other people that you work with. And of course, my run gang when we get it together. So it's great. And I'm always trying to find ways to inspire people to be, you know, obviously in my job, you know, to be more disciplined with the sport or be consistent. But, you know, hopefully just even hearing, you know, with you right now talking about, you know, just the fact that you get out here in the morning and you have fun doing it. Maybe that'll maybe perhaps inspire somebody to at least go to their alarm clock right now and say, you know what? I will try tomorrow morning. I will try. You know, yes. I will do this. So we, you know, we obviously know each other through the St. Louis running community. I yes. want to say we met several years back um, through a good friend, uh, Jennifer O'Neill. Yes. And then uh, kind of built our own, you know, relationship off of that, which has been, you know, really exciting. And I've just always been so inspired by you from not just the standpoint of us, you know, yelling at each other, but also <laughs> just all the work that you do in the community. And that's sure. what I'm really excited to, you know, tackle into. Uh, but what, you know, I think one of the first things that you know, somebody's going to think of you when they know Kim Berry is all of your years in education and inspiring people, um, you know, just through that work. And I would just love to hear, you know, your journey as a teacher, you know, uh, and how you've gotten to where you are today. Sure. So, I mean, it's always an honor to sit down with coach and, you know, um, have a conversation. So thank you for inviting me. Um, So my journey to education. So um, being a teacher was not my original path. Um, Growing up, I had it in my head that I would be a pediatrician, and so just kind of stayed with that. Um, I knew I wanted to work with children, but not a teacher. 
Um, went to school, got a scholarship, and um, did a lot of tutoring, um, working with disadvantaged students. And so ended up changing my major and actually changing schools, I think, two years in to um, getting my um, my um, degree in um, early childhood education. So this coming school year would be my 21st um, year in education. I'm, it goes by so fast. It's like a blink of an eye, right? And I think for me, what's inspiring is like watching my students grow. So I teach kindergarten. Yes, I am crazy. However, to see that transformation from the beginning to the, of the school year to the end of the school year is just phenomenal. Um, and my kids, they just keep me motivated because they are excited about everything that we do at school. And along with that journey, being um, a teacher for over 20 years now, I can say over 20 years, um, watching them go from kindergarten to now high school graduates to a few college graduates, and I still communicate with them and their families. So it's just, you know, amazing to be able to have your hand in laying that foundation for children. You know, you just never know. You, I have class of like 20 kids and in that classroom, I could have firefighters, police officers, um, future teachers, doctors, lawyers, runners. You know, you just never know. So it's just always exciting for me to, you know, be a part of that journey with my students. So, um, and I teach in um, Ferguson Florissant School District. Um, love the district. Just love the families, the staff, everything about it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my journey. Didn't really start off, you know on it, on that path, but sometimes life just kind of gives you a nice little gentle guide over to what you're supposed to do. So I'm grateful. Well, that's amazing. And I think that like, you know, when you think about your teachers over the years, you know, you know, most people can say like, I remember my second grade teacher. I remember my third grade teacher. Yes. It's not always can remember the middle school years. I think a lot of people try to block out middle school. (laughs) And I think for the most part, you could find out, you know, you can remember your high school teachers and things like that, but there really is that strong bond to mm-hmm. your elementary school and really laying down the foundation for, you know, what's to become. Do you have students, you know, that, that do keep in touch that Absolutely. come back looking for advice or become yeah. friends? Like, how does that work? So the power of social media, right? So I follow um, a few of your former students on Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, I'm always stalking. I mean, watching them <laughs> <laughs> as they go. Um, I just had a young man recently graduate from University of Missouri, Columbia, with a dual degree in um, neuroscience and I can't think biology. And he's going to do his master's um, at WashU um, this coming fall. So just to, you know, could remember him, you know, in kindergarten or whatnot. Um, but yeah, just having siblings over the years has been phenomenal. And it's funny, Mark, that you brought up, you know, people remembering your kindergarten teacher. Um, what I try to do each year is go to the graduation. So most of our kids kind of stay together, elementary, middle, and high school. So I'll go to the um, graduation, and they look the same. They're just taller. Some of them have a little dirt. I mean, facial hair, right? But, um, you know, go out with the families, and their first reaction is, oh, my God, it's Miss Mary. And I'm like, oh, you remember me? Like, I'm always shocked that they would know who I was or whatever. So I'm like in pictures and all this stuff. So it's just, you know, it's rewarding. I feel like, you know, um, again, able to have a hand in a person's life, right? Because 
kids grow up to be adults and adults, you know, we are on the world working and trying to get, you know, make sense of all this craziness. So just to have a hand in that, you know, I'm grateful to be able to do that. And obviously this is kind of a loaded question because the pandemic has affected everybody in everybody, all areas. Yes. <laughs> but how would you say the pandemic has affected, you know, what you're doing on the educational standpoint? Because I can kind of imagine that, you know, I know a lot of teachers have talked about like, okay, a first grader is really maybe a kindergartner or a preschooler still, sure. you know, because they didn't maybe get that, um, you know, opportunity to grow in certain ways that they would have if we didn't go through kind of a two-year hiatus. Yeah. So with a pandemic, I feel like it's just so many layers, you know, as adults, we struggled to find our way. I mean, like for me, um, at the beginning, I'm Googling, can I go outside and at least run in my neighborhood, right? You know, and then when we realized that was safe, I was like, okay, let me find my bubble, my group of 10. And I think I had like four groups of 10, but don't tell anyone. Um, in those early months, you know, that lockdown and things like that. So with families and talking about, you know, what does school look like? When we are at home, it's going to look different all over the place. So, you know, students were able to have devices. They logged on every day. But depending upon what was going on in the household, you know, some students weren't able to log on because parents had to work and they had no one to watch them. So they had to go to daycare or kids logged on with older um, siblings. So, you could see siblings side by side, you know, working um, online or whatever. So when we talk about like a educational gap, you know, it just kind of depends on what that situation looked like at home. Um, a lot of parents lost jobs, you know, and we all were impacted some way mentally or physically. Um, families lost loved ones. Um, so it just was so many things that was going on and no one knew what to do. We were all just trying to do the best that we can um, to stay safe in those early, early um, months, weeks, or days or whatever. Um, so unfortunately, there are some kids who, you know, there is an educational cap, gap or whatnot. So coming back in person um, for teachers, for students, just for families has been great. You know, for one, you know, the kids are in the school, they can hold a pencil, they can hold a book, you know what I'm saying? Um, teachers, we can really see um, how students are doing, you know, be right there sitting next to them, you know, listen to them read, watching them write, things like that. But also, too, I think one thing that um, we tend to overlook are those um, rituals of school. So that first day of school, right, you know, you walk your kid down to the classroom, you meet the teacher, some families didn't get to have that. Um, graduations, right, look different. You know, there were some that were virtual. There were some that were outside. Some kids, class of 2020, they didn't get a, a, a graduation. So along with, like, the educational thing, I think social-emotionally, it just hit, you know, um, everyone as well. So now that we are trying to move back to, quote-unquote, normal, you know, getting back to that rhythm and that routine of what we were doing um, pre-pandemic. And I think for me, um, one of the things that I've learned on this pre-post-pandemic journey is that, you know, life is not guaranteed and you have to make the most of it and really give your best in all that you do. So even when it was tough, you know, logging on virtually with my kindergartners, can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> I knew that everything that I did meant something. 
and um, mattered. So just putting in that extra effort to families if they needed to reach out. Um, if I had students who needed something else, you know, along with what the instruction looked like for the day, I made myself available for that. So, um, yeah, I think kids are resilient, especially when they have the support that they need to make it to where they need to go, you know, in this life journey. Um, but we'll get there. I mean, it'll take some time, but we get there. But, you know, just speaking about my um journey with my students and families, I had phenomenal families. Like they logged in every day, the students turned in their work. And when we were able to come back um, in March 2021, um, I was shocked, you know, that the kids, they had actually learned online. I was like, oh my God, what? You know how, you know, so it was nice to see all of that effort that I put in and their families put in and for the kids too, that they were on track with where they needed to go and able to transition to the next phase. Well, it takes a great deal of empathy, you know, yes. to be able to help people out, you know, yes. help your students out while still being, you know, in charge of yourself, in charge yes. of your own mental health, you know, yes. in the standpoint of, you know, you still had to, you know, figure out ways to, to teach in these, you know, conditions of, I mean, these are, you know, times that you will never probably go through ever again. Oh, I, I hate to say that, but, you know, it's so different than what, you know, what we probably ever expected, yes. you know, and so you were challenged to not only be able to adapt and adjust and be versatile in those, you know, situations, but also to still be empathetic to yes. the students' causes, Absolutely. you know, while still managing your own stuff. And that's something I've always admired so much about teachers because, you know, you kind of think of your teachers like you think of your parents, you know, mm -hmm. the goal is that they're supposed to be your rock, you yes. know, as you're growing up and you're thinking, you know, I need, you know, I need them to be the ones that are strong for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of times that you're kind of, you know, saying, hey, I'm strong, I'm here for you. And then you're probably thinking in yourself, like, I'm terrified. I have no idea what absolutely. we're going to do. And I can't believe anybody's listening to me right now. Right, absolutely. And, you know, like you were saying, being there for students, but also for families as well, even before the pandemic, you know, families would, you know, sit down and talk with me and just talk about some of the things that they were going through and that may have been impacting their child's, you know, um, journey. And so just trying to work through some um, ways to help and support parents, you know, it's not easy. It's th there's no handbook for parenting. Um, and again, with the pandemic, it just layers on top of layers. So, you know, just trying to help people the best way we can, because at the end, at the end of the day, it's all about children. So um, getting resources into families' homes or whatnot and just helping out, if that's going to help children, then that's what we need to do. There's a lot of ways I'm sure that you, you find, you know, your peace, your happiness and all yes. those different things. And I know a lot of people have been led to the sport of running yes. because of stress relief or yes. because they, you know, are looking to better themselves or become more healthy. But I can, you know, only imagine maybe, and I'm excited to kind of hear more, but, you know, did, did some of, um, you know, what you were going through in education inspire you to start running? I would love to hear more of that story and that journey. So that leads me to my journey with um, Girls in a Run. So I started off as a coach um, at Bermuda Elementary. And um, so Girls in a Run is a 10-week program where we work with girls um, starting in um, – third grade all the way through middle school and teach them those important life lessons through um, fun games, um, social, emotional 
um, techniques to work through any tough situations or whatnot. Um, so also with the lessons about, you know, just being empowered as a human and being empathetic and all those things that help me help you to be a healthy adult, um, the girls train for a 5K. And so, um, you know, we build up to it. Um, my One of my favorite quotes is, forward is a pace. So <laughs> as long that. as the girls are moving <laughs> forward, you know, it's not about who's fastest. It's not about who crosses the finish line first. It's all about just setting the goal, training for the goal, and reaching that goal. So um, one of the things that we have to do for Girls in the Run is a volunteer um, impact um, project. And at that time, we would um, volunteer for the Ferguson Twilight Run. We would volunteer at a uh, water station. So the first year that we volunteered at the water station, um, I saw all these runners like going by. I'm like, you know, I think I can maybe run a 5K. <laughs> you know, let's see. And so um, got a group of teachers and families in the next uh, season or next year we ran the 5k I think that was back in 2015 2016 um, fast forward I, we were like well the 5k was kind of easy let's go for the 10k you know how <laughs> runners do you know it's like oh we could do that well let's try something else so along on that journey with um, girls and runner became a soulmate and what a soulmate is is a um, charity athlete and you raise money for um, the program And um, you set a goal to run a major race. So my goal at the time was running the Go Half Marathon. OMG. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go from six miles to 13. And people always were saying, well, if you can run six, you can run 13, right? Okay. So never in my mind did I think that I would run further than a half marathon. So fast forward, cross the finish line. Further go um, half, right? First thing out of my mouth, I think I think I can run a marathon. Okay. So I started that journey of fundraising and then training for the Chicago Marathon. So that's kind of how I got into running. Um, as far as it being therapeutic, it, it really is. I like running with friends. So when you see me in the morning with two or three other people, that's me, you know, and that's a great bonding time. Like we work out all of the world's issues on our runs. Right. And we bounce off ideas like it's a great feeling to, you know, talk and run and really set a great intention for your day. So that's kind of how I got to where I am now. So started on Girls to Run, being a soulmate. And then from that, um, um, met up with people from Black Girls Run, um, which is a nationwide um, program, but we do have a chapter here in St. Louis, and I became an ambassador for that and also connected with a group, run group called We Run the Lou. So for me, it's just um, being encouraging to people and say, hey, look at me. I may not look like your typical runner, but we're out here doing it. It's all about setting goals goals, um, training for your goals, and then crushing your goals. So that's kind of how I got intertwined in the running community here in St. Louis. 
No, it's it's cool that you're you know you're a part of so many different things. I mean, yeah. I think that's something you know. I feel like I met you through one way, and then I find out that you're connected <laughs> in several you know several different yeah. ways. Yeah. And that's always fun because St. Louis is kind of like that in that sense. You know, everybody seems to know each other, and you know, one way or another. Um, but just knowing that you're doing a lot of different things, that the thing that really sticks out to me when you're talking about this is that you're starting at the root of where girls, essentially, where yes. young women are learning how to run. Yes. And then I'm sure in some ways you're thinking, okay, maybe someday they're going to be running alongside me. Sure. With the Black Girls Run. Sure. Or we run the Lou or, you know, something that Running Niche is doing. I yes. Mean, does that occur to you in terms of, I mean, sure, take kind of taking some of those things that you're already doing in education mm-hmm. and trying to mold that into these stu- uh, students per se. I guess they're, sure. they're runners, they're athletes, they're students. So sure. That, you know, someday they become... Uh, you know, members and ambassadors of our community in that same sense. So, so like, yes, I would love for them to want to, you know, become runners, you know, as they get older, uh, maybe run a marathon or uh, a trail run or, you know, set type, some type of running goal, but also impact their families. Um, so with Girls on the Run inviting family members to our 5K to participate in the 5K, and sometimes that just lights you know, ignite someone to say, you know what, I want to try this and we can do this for the, to motivate our family to be more healthy. You know what I'm saying? So if it's not the girl, maybe someone in the family, maybe the mom, the aunt, a dad, a brother, you know what I'm saying? Who is motivated to say, hey, I want to make some lifestyle changes, right? Um, Running is one pathway. Run walking is a pathway to that. So again, just being encouraging and say, hey, you can do this. You have two feet tennis shoes, running shoes aren't that expensive. And so, and you can run anywhere. Um, Like Forest Park, you don't have to pay. You can come out any time of day or evening or whatnot and get some fresh air and just be outside. So um, yeah, just encouraging girls, but also their families too, to want to have a more healthy lifestyle. You know, when you speak to a lot of runners, you hear them say, you know what? I got into it when I was, you know, nine years old. I ran with my dad in a local 5K or, you know, they hear, you know, you hear the story of them participating in something like Girls in the Run or they ran a CYC track league or whatever the case is. And I I love that because, and and I say this all the time to people, like, you know, you might start off running at, you know, your early years, you might run through high school Mm -hmm. and then you might not come back to it until you're 40 or you're 50. And you might come back to it because you had a positive experience with it when you were young. And I feel like both of us probably are, you know, ambassadors of the sport in the sense that we're trying to share the fun and joy yes, out of it, yes. you know, and I think a lot of people have that negative connotation in their head, like, oh, I have to run. Does that mean that like I'm being punished? Am I punished yes. for, you know, uh, you know, at soccer practice and yes. running more because, you know, I was last on the field, you know, yes. that that's something I, you know, I think that that is important to be spoken about because I think a lot of people probably watch what we do and they think, yes. well, I just can't do that. Yeah. I have a negative, you know, reaction to that, you yes. know, and I'm never going to try that. Absolutely. They think, so when you say run, people think run fast. There's nothing about me that's fast. And so again, I <laughs> defer back to my favorite quote, Ford is a pace. So even if you have to run, walk, if you have to jog, whatever you do to cross the finish line is fast. And unfortunately people have a negative thought, but once they get the right shoe, the right form, they find their pace, the breathing and all that. It's like, oh, wow, it's not so bad. So trying to get people to lean into running, not as a punishment, but as something that could be enjoyable 
um, and to help to boost mental and physical health. Um, that's what I try to really encourage. So how many years have you been involved, would you say, in the St. Louis running community? Um, I think I connected with... Um, we run the Lou in 2017. I'll call that my official. Okay. Um, and then I became an ambassador for Black Girls Run in 2018, 2019. I can't quite remember. Um, so, yeah, so connecting with We Run the Lou um, helped, to meet, helped me to meet so many other people um, who just love to run races and travel and, you know, just really get excited. So, um I think that's kind of a pretty good timeline for me um, as far as connecting with the St. Louis running community. And, and before you got connected to the running community, obviously 21 years in education and I'm sure, you know, other things that you've done in your life. But can you think of a community that you've been a part of, like, in you know, maybe like related to hobbies or sports that is similar to what you've experienced with running or is running just very unique on its own? Um, so... Let me think. So in high school, I played volleyball. I wasn't the best. Um, and I ran track. Don't ask me about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really didn't have any, like, major hobbies or whatever growing up. Um, I mean, I like listening to music. I like traveling, um, things like that. So not really. It wasn't until, you know, I connected with running. Uh, we run the Lou and Black Girls Run and then meeting Bob and Jen down at Running Niche and then talk meeting you. It's like opened up a whole Pandora's box of, wow, all these people, you know, to see at races. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, when I'm running any race here in state locally, you know, I'm waving half the time because either people that I know are running or on the sidelines or at the finish line or volunteering. So it's a great feeling to be out there and just to see people that you know cheering you on or, um, you know, trying to cross the finish line like you are. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things about the local races. I'll shout out Kayla Klosterhoff, who's yes. a regular listener, probably one of, you know, five. Uh, <laughs> besides it's okay. Bill, Bill here. Uh, but, you know, what I, what she's, what I love about Kayla is that she'll come out to our races mm-hmm. with like a sign. Yeah, She'll be there and she'll be screaming for everybody. And it's exciting to, to see that and just see that face, you know, yeah. that while you're out there, you're struggling, you know, somebody who knows you is at least smiling at you, making yes. you feel that you're doing a better job. Yes. And that's, that's the, you're so true about that. Like it's such a boost for you. Yes. But then when you're in the community consistently, that goes outside of just that circle of people that you run with, yes. you know, and I always think I'm going to show up to one of these local events and be like, oh, I'm not really going to know anyone today because, yes. you know, none of my yeah. friends are coming today. And then all of a sudden you walk away and it's like, wow, I, knew, I saw this person for the first time in yeah. 10 years. I did this person. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then like connecting, you know, social like on Strava, all these Strava people and then you meet at the race like, oh, hey, you know, and you followed their training and all their races so you can chit chat about that. I mean, not trying to dork out, but so, <laughs> but it's exciting. Like, you know, um, one, one thing that really kind of stands out with me. So I ran the go full marathon, um, in 20, what was that? 2018, 2019. I can't remember. But anyway, one of the paces, her name is Monica. And, you know, you get to the point where you're like, you're done, you're over. So, um, at that particular race, they split you off. The half marathoners go to the right and the full go to the left or I think I got it mixed up but anyway you see all these people going to the half marathon 
And you're like, wow. And it's like like a little tumbleweed going down for the full <laughs> marathon. So, you know, I'm out there. I'm like, okay, great St. Louis weather. It's hot, kind of like today. And I see Monica the pacer. I'm like, look, I'm going to pace with you so I can get across that finish line. So Monica and I, we chatted the entire uh, rest of that half. She's from Belleville, Illinois. Um, she saved my life. Oh my and so, <laughs> shout out to Monica. So, you know, we start following each other on Strava. And I randomly ran into her um, at a race last year. And, you know, we hugged. We were so excited. So it's just those type of connections, you know, with being a runner that you just never know how that's going to impact you. Um, and like you said, you can go to the race. Oh, I won't know anyone. And you start waving at like five people once you, you know, start entering into the corral. So it's pretty neat. And that, you know, that kind of builds on, you know, what we're going to talk about next. And one of the things that I really admire about you is that you're, you're so ingrained in our community and you're so passionate about people being happy and about bringing people together, um, you know, and very similar to what I yeah. feel like I try to portray, you know, and build, but, you know, not always, you know, a hundred percent successful on that. And, you know, I've been a part of the St. Louis running community probably for, well, since 2006, 2005, when I, when I started running, yes. um, you know, and then several years, you know, kind of outside of that, putting events on and different things like that. And as a most recently, we had started, as you know, we started, a, you know, a nonprofit yes. racing organization yes. with the goal of being able to have people of all levels, all backgrounds, very diverse group of people come together, run, uh, you know, train together, do these races together, be represented by the same thing uh, without the pressure necessarily of having, you know, like you say, like, you don't have to be the fastest, more yes. of just, if you want to challenge yourself, you're going to be challenged with other people sure. and then inspire other people in our community to have that same maybe drive and maybe they're going to sign up for another club and you have a little bit of a competition yes, and yeah. all of a sudden you have, you know, several of these types yeah. of teams and things like that because we all have our own, you know, group of people that we're going to identify with that we're going to probably... Maybe it's from location or yes. it's personalities, whatever the, you know, whatever it is that that person's going to be drawn to. Um, but as of most recently, we put on an event uh, this last spring, yes. which I think I was sharing with you at the Chain of Rocks Bridge, yes. uh, which I was really passionate about it because it was about bringing the clubs together in St. Louis, which a lot of them at this point right now, I would say are, I don't know if it's necessarily say, fair to say that they're struggling but they're trying to get their speed back after the pandemic. Yes. You know, a lot of them have not been able to connect with people in person. Right, you know, right. And, and there's also a lot of options at this yes, point. Yes, yes. You know, so people are getting back in the swing of things, and our goal was, okay, let's resurrect these other clubs. Let's bring everybody together. Yeah. Um, you know, and have this kind of intertwined competition. Yeah. And then let's do something for St. Louis as a whole. Right. And so that's, as you know, we paired up with the St. Louis Charter Athletics League, which is a middle school Charter Athletics Program that is a nonprofit that our yes. friend Allison Cousins started uh, and raised money so that we can fund their cross-country team uh, or cross-country league, all the teams in the league, which are 17 schools uh, that will feed into that league, um, as well as the track program, hopefully in the spring and, and beyond. Uh, and it was an awesome day. It was really exciting. And yes. I called it, you a couple weeks later. Yeah. But the one thing that I kind of felt like walking away from it, I was like, man, you know what? Like, it's so great that we're doing all these things for St. Louis and we're getting all these people together, but man, it's just not that diverse of a crowd. Sure. You know, it was, it was kind of the same feeling that you get at a lot of road races. Yeah. And so I called Kim yeah. probably about two weeks later. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I want to have a candid conversation with somebody, um, you know, who I know is going to get this from 
the running side of things, but then mm-hmm. also understand where I'm coming from because yes. we have this relationship together. And I asked you, I said, you know, what do we have to do to change? Like, sure. What are your, you know, why, you know, why, why do we have this group not running with our group, whatever the case is. And yeah. I'm sure you remember this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think you were checking out maybe at Stucks or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, where we can remember, you know, that journey through. And that's kind of where this idea came from, where we were like, okay, let's bring club leaders together. Mm-hmm. Let's get everybody in one room, which we're going to be doing here um, in a month yes. with the goal of bringing this community together. And I just, first, I just want to publicly thank you sure. for, for being somebody who's you know, on board with what we're trying to do, but also somebody who's been willing to educate and, and help me in terms of, okay, what do, what do I need to do yeah. to be making these efforts? And it's exciting because then there's a store, there's a point to this long tangent. Yeah, you Then fine. we went to the Ferguson Twilight Run. Yes, uh, I and, was just thinking about that, yeah. And we were, my girlfriend and I, we were going to Cincinnati the week after, uh-huh. and we almost left uh-huh. before that. We sponsored Ferguson every single year. Yes. Um, but I was like, you know what? We could probably leave early. Um, you know, it probably won't be a big deal if we miss the twilight this year. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> and <laughs> then I'm Dwayne. thinking in my head, there's no way. There's no way we can miss this event. Yeah. I was like, there's just no way. Yeah. Because I was like, first, it's like one of the best ones of the year. It is. And second, this is going to be a chance for me to connect in person yes. with you. I knew that you would be there. Right. But also I knew that these groups that yeah, I was trying to get connected to would yes. be there. And so one of the first people I think I ran into that day was Mike Miller yes. from Black Men Run. Yes. And then uh, Ricky, who I always forget Ricky's last name. I need to ask Ricky. Ricky, we got to figure out what your last name okay, is. I'm Ricky. sorry. Uh, who's from another club called Run It Run It Up Family. I'll yes. correct that. Yeah. With the goal of just trying to make the community more diverse yes. and more accepting to all types of runners. And so it just, it was awesome. It was just yes. one conversation in person that I felt like took us to another level yes. to kind of help us get in the right direction yes. to build, you know, kind of more community amongst all of St. Louis. Yes. And I feel like, like with your event, which was a fabulous event, um, and, you know, we can't wait to support you um, next time, but it's all about just knowing where to go. So it's not so much we don't want to, you know, different running clubs. It's about hearing about it, hyping it up with the people, and then getting folks out there. Because, again, the group of people that I've run with, they've run ultra marathons. They've ran, you know, every continent on the on the globe. They've, you know, just their run journey is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So to hear about another race, to get a medal, a T-shirt, <laughs> oh, yeah, sign me up. So it's great that you were able to connect with Mike and Rick, uh, Ricky um, at the Ferguson Twilight. And I think um, Dwayne does an amazing job of just bringing everyone together. I love the Ferguson Twilight. Um, I've ran it, again, when we started with Girls on the Run, and um, they do um, offer a scholarship to um, Girls on the Run, so we're grateful for that. But um, the more that we hear about different events, people come out. And I think what we are trying to figure out now, all the run clubs coming out the pandemic. So for two years, people kind of been dormant. So just building back that routine of getting out, registering for races. You know, for me, I was excited to get out and be outside and see people and wave. Some people, not so much. They've been a little bit more reluctant to come back out. So we just have to give them grace and time to get back out there. But we'll reach a point where um, your Chain of Rocks race, you know, everybody is there. Just like everybody. And I'm sure Dwayne can speak to you know, kind of building up the Ferguson Twilight. It took a little bit of time. And I think this is his 13th or 14th race. So 
Um, it just takes a little time, but it's word of mouth, you know, and just once someone has an experience, they tell someone else, they bring two more people or three more people and it just keeps growing and growing. So that's a, such the educator in you, the positivity <laughs> of being a coach and being a leader. And, uh, you know, I've been putting events on in, in St. Louis for, for nearly a decade. And, you know, you go to a lot of these bigger events in St. Louis um, and they're great, but like we said, like Dwayne and what he's done with the Ferguson Twilight is extremely unique. Yes. You know, that's not representative, you know, representative of every event. Yes. You know, and I think that's something that I take a challenge upon myself is like, if I'm putting events on, mm-hmm. if we're raising money for all types of communities in St. Louis and trying to do these specific things, and then we're really only catering to the same people over and over again, not that there's anything wrong with it. Sure, we sure. love and appreciate the support yeah, of everybody. Absolutely. But yeah. wh- why are we not oh, welcoming our doors to more and more people? And that's not necessarily from the standpoint of we need, you know, millions of people to show up. It's more of let's represent what St. Louis actually looks like. Absolutely. You know, and it doesn't take, you know, you know, everybody that lives here knows <laughs> the, that St. Louis is just very, you know, segregated sure. from every level, sure. you know, social, economic, to, you know, to race, to everything. Sure. And so that's something that I've always kind of felt like, well, I realize that what I'm doing isn't going to change, you know, you know, the patterns of history and all the rest of the things and I'm not going to be the person that's going to fix, you know, the whole world and make us all happy, but yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. at least make some efforts make together some efforts. Yeah. to be able to, you know, to see some change in St. Louis so, and support the events that are already happening. That's that, right. Like yes. you said, that we just don't know about right. from, you know, certain sections. Yeah. And one thing, like I know, uh, Mona put out a great event, like the Rewrite Run, yeah, uh, with absolutely. the school. So that's you know capturing kids from all over the place. And then I noticed um, she they spawned, go St. Louis sponsored a race. I forgot what school it was, but it was um, in St. Louis Public Schools, and they had invited families to come. I think they ran a five k. That is how you you know get the people. You got to go to the people. And now they know about Go St. Louis, right? And so they'll look for, oh, you know, maybe I'll try another 5K or maybe I'll train for, you know, something else. So going to the people um, is another um, way to get folks involved or whatever. With Ferguson, that was that's more like a community-based run. Um, but even as I look at events, you know, just in St. Louis, it's it's getting more diverse, um, and I'm excited about that. So we just continue to put out that positive energy, motivating people. Sometimes people are just intimidated by the distance or intimidated by just the crowd or whatever, but just let them know, you know, just go out there, give it your best. I've always said, and maybe, you know, race directors aren't going to always agree with this comment because they're the ones that get all the nasty emails and, <laughs> yeah. and phone calls, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> the Mona and other race directors can attest to this, but... From the participant observation, the majority is, I've always kind of felt like you show up to a road race, you're going to have a better life. You know, yeah. like more people went to road races and yeah. these like community events. I agree. We would have happier humans. Yes. Uh, because you never leave them. I mean, unless you, you know, had a horrible experience right. or a horrible, for you're the gonna most come part. Back. You're going to get a PR. Yeah. Uh, personal even, best. Yes. Even when you had a rough day. Yes. Like when you see so many people that are out there and the community is behind you. Yes. You're a part of something that's much bigger than yourself. And I think. That that's something, you know, you know, probably from my social media, I'm always talking about life as a team sport and trying to adapt that concept to our everyday life. So how does that look? 
Yeah. Well, if we want the world to be a team and work together, right. you know, when we're in person together and yes. we have these events, you know, that people can come to, just bringing the energy, the positivity yes. was something that we really focused on at the Chain of Rocks race mm-hmm. was I had the microphone at the end, shocking, uh, <laughs> and, and I was uh, doing the awards and the way that it was structured is that Chain of Rocks Bridge. Have you been over there before? Yes. Beautiful, historic yes. Chain of Rocks Bridge was our finish line. Yeah, So nice. you got to run... A big, I think it was like a half mile downhill at the end. Okay. So it was a great way to be rewarded after climbing a lot of hills sure. and a lot of wind on that bridge. Sure. Uh, but you finish and you run right through the finish line. It's at the bottom, kind of in the parking lot there on the Illinois side. Yeah. And I'm I'm there with the with the microphone and, and everybody that's kind of finished the race at this point. And I begged people basically from the minute they got there uh, till they finished their race to stay. Sure. Stick around because I want to talk about why we're putting this type of event mm-hmm. on. I want to talk about our beneficiaries and really just, you know, pleaded with people to say, hey, spend an extra 10 minutes than you normally would after a race so that I can share with you why we're so grateful for you to be here yeah. and excited to chat with you more about that. And as we got everybody there, I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, we still have some people finishing. Yes. And so it was this like kind of quick decision making where I'm thinking, you know what the one thing most people complain about that are in the back of the pack is... They complain that at the end of the race, they don't have the same experience as everybody else. And I thought about that because I was like, you know, from my perspective, I'm not, I'm, you know, not typically in the back of the race, but I can think like, why would I not like, how is it fair to not get, you know, the same, you know, uh, the things that you purchase for, you know, experience just because you're at a slower pace. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, it was some thought process that I had to kind of go through and think about this. And so by the time we get to this race, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually in a real life moment where I have to implement, you know, this, like you, you, you can say you want all these things, you can actually do it. Right. And I'm thinking in my head, like, it's going to be an inconvenience, but I'm going to tell everybody here, every single time somebody comes by, we're going to stop. Yeah. And we're all going to cheer these good, people on. Good. And they're going to cross the finish line, and then we're going to get back to our to, yeah. our to our awards and all the rest of the things and while we're talking. Yeah. Realizing that this is probably going to stretch out 15, 20 minutes longer um, than anticipated. Yeah. And so at first, I'm kind of anxious about it, but I'm like, you know, it's the right thing. Right. And I'm also like, I've, I say this is what I want to do. This is our event. Let's let, let's be that touch of that. Absolutely. But you also are thinking the emails and the people that are upset, all the different sure, <laughs> different things sure. that race directors kind of are challenged with. And I was overwhelmed mm-hmm. by how supportive everybody was. Yeah. Like people jumped on board and we got so many comments afterwards and emails afterwards from people that were like, never been to an event like that before where yes. we've actually all stood there at the finish line. They were... I would say the people, the woman I think that, that finished last, she mm-hmm. came up and she talked to somebody afterwards that we know. And she said, that's probably the loudest finish line she's ever been at. See? And I just think that's so cool yeah. because it's thinking like she's never had that experience before. Right. And also a lot of those people that are cheering never had the experience of even seeing who's in the back of the yes. pack. And so when we think about, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about life is this team sport. Yes. When we go back to just the core root of that message, yeah. you know, thinking just of something simple as, Let's just not think about yourself for once and think about somebody else. And that's going to build you a positive experience. So as a backup packer, um, my first Chicago marathon, I was trying to outpace the that very last BMW. You probably never know about that, Mark. But anyway, it's a BMW, um, though. <laughs> yeah, it that's is. Nice. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to beat. I was trying to beat the pace car. But anyway, um, so that's the other part of just being encouraging. 
um, to anyone who runs. Again, Ford is a pace. Um, everyone's goals look different. Everyone's effort looks different, but the outcome is still the same. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times runners feel like I have to be fast, so I'm not going to try because I'm not fast. But if we encourage just to keep going and that feeling that that woman had at the end, that's going to last with her until her next race. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I was watch. I ran the New York City Marathon and I was watching um, some uh, footage of some um, old races and their race director runs in with the last person. Now, this could be eight hours after the race started, but the race director goes in and runs in with the last person. How exciting is that to have the race director of the New York City Marathon, right, run with you across that finish line? So giving people experiences from being the first to the last is what builds um, folks to come back to events or whatnot. Um, and sometimes, you know, the hydration and all that other stuff, but anyway. <laughs> well, and you know, running is so accessible. I mean, obviously yes. running shoes can be expensive, but there's people in our community like Bob and Jen who do a lot to support, you know, the community, you know, and, and have that same goal of wanting to bring running to more people. Um, you know, and, and then just thinking about the opportunities to, to get into these events and compete. And that's what I think is so important that people understand is that, it's not even just about these awesome experiences at the events, but you can create these many yes. experiences every day of your life yes. with people. You know, it shouldn't have to just wait till go St. Louis weekend every year to feel fulfilled. Right. You know, there's opportunities to run with people, you know, every single week of yes. the year. And if we can get more people, you know, training in our parks and utilizing the amazing resources that St. Louis has, yes. you know, then you find more people at these events that are supporting these amazing causes, which is a win because we're going to raise more money, yes. uh, build more powerful experiences. But then yeah. in addition to that, you know, we have a healthier society. I think yes. running is so cool in that sense that like there's so many positive ways yes. that we can get to from here, yeah. from a health standpoint, from a community standpoint, yes. um, you know, from a mental health standpoint, Absolutely, you know, it's yes. like, it's everything. It's everything. And, and yes. all doing something that kind of sucks most days, especially, yes. you know, as we're sitting out here and you're an amazing <laughs> sport. Uh, it's for those listening, it's close to a hundred right now here in, in Forest Park. Yeah. And Kim's like, you know, totally fine with it, which is amazing. Uh, but it just shows like it's like that's what makes it so special. Yes, yes. And just, you know, be able to chat with you, Mark, about how accessible, how exciting, and how running can just impact all areas of life, you know. Um, I'm willing to do that. And I feel like these conversations lead to bigger conversations, lead to the changes that we want to see in our community. Um, and, yeah, I think that we're you're on the right path as far as, you know, just bringing people together and having, you know, those little meetups. I'm excited for our meetup next month. Um, but just encouraging folks to get back out, get outside, get some fresh air. You know, it has a huge, huge, um, makes a huge difference. It really does to just to be active. And you know this from, you know, being in education, you, you plan every single day. Sure. You know, you're, you always I wing have to, it most, but I do plan. Well, you have a lesson plan that <laughs> yeah. you have to follow, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. you have certain things that you're doing and you're really the person that's always being asked to organize, you sure. know, in a lot of ways. And I'm sure maybe that sometimes goes into your, you know, your personal life and in, in other areas. <laughs> but this is kind of that personal challenge to somebody listening that might be thinking, 
oh, it would be great to see, you know, running become more accessible to certain folks. It would be great to have more of these types of events, blah, blah, blah. And then really think to yourself, what have I done to, yeah. to make that change? Like, what have I done to experience that, to, to contribute to that? There's a, a guy who runs here in, in Forest Park who, um, he's, his last name is Benedetti. Do you know, are you familiar with Tom? Uh, at all, he's part of the 620 guys. I uh, have to um, see. I have to see his face. I see a lot okay. of familiar faces. It's a 620 group every morning. Yes. The water oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know, I've always wanted to get him on a podcast here, oh, but like yeah. he, he, he's just like you know, no way. So what? one of these days, we're just gonna strap a head. Just run and, and, yeah, yeah. and talk. Basically, yeah. just yeah, put Bill in the car. We'll we'll drive. <laughs> we'll drive next to him. Uh, try to get conversations out of him. But he is always talking about like and to people who run in the mornings to people. Who who I know, things like that. Hey, have you donated to uh, Forest Park forever? Yeah. Like, have you given, you know, have you contributed? Yeah. Like, things like, sometimes people don't even really know that. And so I think right. that's an important message for for those that are listening to really realize, like, if we're, if we, if we're, A, we're consuming this positive thing that's making us better, and then we want to see all these great changes, we want to see this really, uh, you know, the the perfect scenario, yeah. you know, you can make a move too. Like, and I've Absolutely. said that all the time with, like, with charities and, nonprofit work. It's, I think a lot of people are hesitant sometimes, you know, and I also sometimes think that, you know, sometimes people feel like they can't contribute because maybe they're not in a financial, you know, um, situation to be able to contribute. Sure. And that's when I say, well, here are all the opportunities that you can get involved without spending any money. Yes. You know, um, you can roll up your sleeves and actually be here at Forest Park forever and help with trash pickups yes. and help with their gardening. You can, yes. um, you could do stuff at local road races, like be a volunteer and yes. hand out water. You can, um, you can be at girls on the run yes. and coach and mentor young people. Yes. There's just so many ways. Yes. And I just, do you think sometimes it's, it's a, it's not that people don't necessarily want to help. It's just sometimes they don't really realize how to help. They don't know what to do. And it's until you're in it, then you don't see all the opportunities. And so like, even with being a teacher, it has landed so many different opportunities to meet people outside of education, you know. But again, if you're not a runner, if you're not connected, you may not know what to do. But once you get in there, it's like, oh, wow, I can do this, this, and this. And it doesn't, like you said, have to take any money. It just takes effort. And so if we just put our best effort forward, um, we will see the changes that we need to see. That's what I'm really excited about with our uh, Spiok Racing Organization with the St. Louis Charter Athletics League. You know, we've been able to raise the money to be able to fund this league. Yes. But also, in addition to it, we're going to physically be present yes. at the league meets in the fall. Nice. And I think at first, you know, when people, you know, we shared in our club that we were doing this, you know, it might have clicked with some people. It might not have. You know, people join groups for a lot of it for a social aspect. Yes. You know, maybe charity is important, but it's not, you yeah, know, yeah. not the reason why they've signed up for things. But what's been really cool to see is like we put the event on and then there was even more buy-in from the group. Yeah. And then now even just getting ready for it in the fall, you can kind of, you have some people who are like, okay, I really want to be there. And yeah. what I think about, like you said, come to the community. What I'm so excited about is physically being there at Lafayette Park is one of the places where they'll have, uh, you know, in Lafayette Square where they'll have one of the meets. Okay. And I can just almost imagine somebody in our group meeting a kid for the first time who never interacts with kids, you yeah. know, maybe outside of maybe their own family or, uh, you know, it, it, especially in the running world, they're not yeah. doing Be able to have a chance to learn that kid's name. Yes. You know, make a positive impression. And then maybe in five years, you know, the kid went through the middle school program, mm -hmm. saw the name, saw it again. Five years later, was at a road race, saw the name again. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to join that group yeah. because that made a positive impact Absolutely. on me. And like you said, it's, 
about being present too. Yes. And so I, I, you know, I think there's so many things that you've said that, you know, I think will inspire people and will also, um, you know, kind of remind others to, 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 to feel maybe that initiative to kind of step up and, and do more. And yeah. it's not being critical of people for not doing enough. There's so many people that are doing things. Obviously there's, there's people that are doing things every single day and they deserve all the credits more just reminding you it's a, it's like running, like literally it's the same thing. You want to maintain a level of success. You have to always be working. Yes, you know absolutely. Yes. Can you train one day for the marathon? No. And then you're <laughs> saying, oh yeah, I love this sport and I want to do a marathon in the fall. And then you say to Mark, uh, you know, I'm going to run the marathon in the fall, but I haven't run since last fall. I'm going to say to you, well, it's <laughs> well, going to be tough. It's that was this, almost me. <laughs> yeah. It's so, you know, running really is that engine that you create yeah. for yourself. And, you know, you keep that. There's so many parallels, obviously, that we talk about with that. What, what you know, maybe this is putting you too much on the spot, but what are your goals for your own running? Oh, you say a marathon, Lord. So I deferred <laughs> my 2020 uh, Chicago entry um, till this fall, October 9th. I think that's October oh, awesome. 9th. So I am slowly getting back on track with my training, um, just really building that strong routine. Um, I did a lot of running um, this winter with the Frostbite series, so I feel okay doing a longer distance or whatnot. So this summer and early um, fall, just kind of just getting back into the routine of coming out three days a week, doing a long run on Saturday. Um, don't ask me about a plan because, you know, <laughs> we're just winging it right now. But just kind of getting more into a better steady routine, you know. Um, and for me, training for the marathon, it might sound crazy, but it just gives me a regimen to kind of follow. And I like that. That's just how my brain works. So having that, okay, I can't stay up too late on Tuesday nights because I got to wake up on Wednesday morning and come out to the park and get a few miles in before my day. You know what I'm saying? That's already in my mindset. And then, okay, on Saturday, I had to block out this amount of time. Can't party too hard on Friday. Oh, man. But, you know, the reward is crossing that finish line again, getting that medal and having that um, pride of um, setting the goal, working hard towards the goal and completing that goal. And is there anything from a coaching perspective, would you say, that, you know, you can kind of think, okay, I, you know, the running is going to, you know, having those goals there are going to help me become better as a coach or yeah, I want to do this differently now that we're more in person again, yeah. there's more opportunities. Yeah. So just, um, just really becoming better discipline. I think I kind of fell off a little bit. So, um, having that accountability with meeting up with people that really, really helps me, um, to stay on track and then, um, not, Letting the little things become big things, you know, missing a workout can turn to another missing workout. And then, oh, there's a whole week gone. You know what I'm saying? So really um, just being present and say, okay, just get it done. Just get it done. And encouraging myself to get out, you know, set that alarm, get up when the alarm goes off, right, and get dressed. So um, just being having that discipline back, um, I feel like 2018, 2019, I was pretty strong and then, bloop, um, so getting back to that good routine for me. Yeah. And when you have that discipline and you have, you know, the consistency going with your own running, that's going to make it a lot easier for you to go to girls in the run practice and say, yeah. okay, uh, kids do this today yeah. and really feel authentic to yourself. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I think sometimes people are a little worried when they, when it comes to coaching that they can't coach because they're maybe they didn't do it in college or they weren't a professional sure, athlete yeah. or they're not fast for the cases. 
And I said, I think more than anything, you know, they, they need something that's going to inspire them. Yes. But it's not all, it's not a definite thing that they, that the coach has to be consistent with themselves. Yeah. But it sure doesn't, you know, doesn't hurt for you to be that way. My right. dad, my dad is a pediatrician. Okay. He, he always talks about that. He's always like, how could somebody come to the doctor? And if I'm telling the kids every single day, yes. that do this and I'm not preaching these own there things in go. my own life. So that's his own accountability. Right. And yeah. I think about that with what you're doing from a coaching standpoint. Yes. It's like, if you can be consistent with what your running looks like, or even just the discipline of being involved in the things that, that represent those amazing qualities of girls on the run. Yeah. You know, then you maybe feel more, you know, authentic and true to what you're doing there. Absolutely. Yes. So it's, you know, and not to be so hard on yourself. Sometimes people just try to go for perfection and you're not going to be perfect. So having a high level of, you know, commitment to whatever you're doing, that's great. Excellence, you know, is something that I strive for. However, it's going to look different every day um, because we have challenges that come upon us every day. But again, not letting those little things bog me down and just keep moving, go, keep moving forward. That's a great message, especially for all of us runners who are type A that are out there that are <laughs> very hard sometimes to, yes. to miss the mark, you know, and yeah. like you said, it's okay to not be perfect. I think that's a very great message. Uh, and, and that's a piece of advice that I think that can go for anybody, whether yes. that's in running or life. Yeah. Is there any advice that, I mean, I know that you've talked a lot about just moving forward. Yes, just uh, moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Is there any other, you know, things that have stuck for you over the years that you could say, you know, that you think would be applicable to any type of runner that, that has at least resonated with you? Um, I think, you know, just figuring out how can you keep yourself accountable? So if it's working, running with a group, with a partner, um, really, you know, thinking about if I'm going to stay committed, what time of day am I going to run? So really structuring, thinking about your day. If you're not a morning person, don't run in the morning, right? That's self-sabotage. I think we do that a lot. Um, make sure that you find ways to keep yourself accountable and then treat yourself. I think it's okay to pat yourself on the back, you know, um, if you met your goal of, you say, 15 miles in a week, treat yourself. It could be something small, but always have something that is attainable all the time. And then once you reach one goal, set a different goal. You know, ch continue to challenge yourself. Try not to be stagnant, you know, with anything in your life. Always try to learn, always trying to do. And if you make a mistake, that's how we learn. Sometimes we get so comfortable right? We don't even step outside of our comfort zone. Well, how do you learn? How do you get that grit? How do you, you know, learn how to persevere if everything is easy? So having challenges in our life is important as well. Um, and I think lastly, I think especially coming out the pandemic, um, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, if you have an injury, if you have a health concern, um, okay, it's going to, your performance may look different, but at least you're, you're getting out there, you're doing something and you're moving forward. So those are things that I have to remind myself of, um, with just the journey of life. Um, again, the pandemic made us be, get, get quiet and sit down for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And now it's time for us to go out after all that meditation and quietness and, be into ourselves now, go back into the world, recharge and wanting to do better. So um, I'm excited. I love that. I love that. And I think that's a, that's a great, 
great thing for, for anybody to hear, you know, in terms of, you know, regardless of what ability you are, you just think about, you know, those messages and it will, it will keep you going. So thank you for all that. It's refreshing to get the positivity of a teacher. I try. You know, the, the <laughs> energy. Mark, it's like, so your energy, you know, I just say as a coach is amazing. See, I like coaches like you. There's encouraging, you know, you got this, you know, come on, you know, you are out there with your athletes, you know, on the path, running with them, cheering them on. You know, I love that. And that is what pushes people you know, to go beyond what they think they can do. So keep doing that. And as a teacher, you know, that's what I try to do with my students. Okay, we're starting here and slowly but surely we're going to get to the end point. And we're going to have some little ups and downs, some, you know, highs and lows, but eventually we're going to get to that end point. So being encouraging it's and being positive is not, not necessarily meaning overlooking anything negative it's like okay we have this challenge but how can we move forward that's amazing no no that's that's can't say amazing enough (laughs) thank you for for your for your willing you know support and absolutely those kind words they they mean a lot and i will uh i I will go back to our message our our theme of a lot of what we talked about is just being present yes and that's why we have a relationship because i'm present in the park and you're present in the park and we get to see each other yeah and even when uh we cross paths in the pitch dark at at 5 30 in the morning we yell at each other. I don't think half the time we see each no, other. No, it's so dark. We know, we know, <laughs> I'm not even awake. <laughs> we, we, we know that we're there and we know yeah. that we've got something from it. So yeah. thank you so Absolutely. much. Ken, this has been great. Yes. And uh, if if people want to follow your journey, uh, is are there ways to find you on social media that, that you have opened yourself to? Sure. Um, so I'm on Facebook for the old people. Kimberly, traditional spelling, Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. And then on Instagram, um, I'm K-B-I-Z-Z-L-E 75, K-Bizzle 75. Um, I'm on Strava, Kimberly Berry. I'm not real, you know, creative with my names. You know, people have all kind of stuff. I'm just, I'm super easy to find. Um, And like, you know, like I said, on Strava, Instagram, Facebook, you know, I'll post a little bit here and there. Um, You can track me on Strava some days, you know. It's a, it looks good, and some days it's like, okay, I'm just out here. But I'm just grateful that, you know, I'm sitting here with you now and enjoying this nice warm weather in June and having this conversation. So um, I appreciate your hospitality. I appreciate, you know, your efforts, and I appreciate you. Just continue to be that light that you are, and you're going to be amazed at, you know, how people will come to that light, be inspired by your light, and grow from your light. So just keep doing what you're doing, Mark. Well, thank you. That's that's so so kind and you're I'm welcome. excited. Many, many great days Absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to the Mission of Speed podcast and we'll look forward to the next episode.